Welcome to the Paranormal Pendle podcast, coming to you from the heart of Pendle Witch Country in the northwest of England. My name is Craig Bryant, author, investigator, and collector of stories. Join me as we take a journey into the paranormal, UFO sightings, cryptozoology, and big cats. This is the Paranormal Pendle podcast. Welcome to episode 22 of Paranormal Pendle, broadcasting to the Paranormal UK Radio Network at paukradio.com. So my guest on today's episode, and I'm delighted to welcome him, is Andy Booth from Codes of the Unknown. So first of all, Andy, welcome and thanks for coming on the podcast. Hi, Craig. Thanks for inviting me and it's a pleasure to be here. No problem. Um, could we start? Um, I always ask my guests to tell us a little bit about themselves to begin with. Yep. Um, so I've had paranormal encounters from as far back as I can remember. Um, touching 50, quite literally, <laughs> next year. So, yeah, so I'd say from the age of three, I've had all sorts of stuff go on. So... I've always been into it. It's not ever been anything that's frightened me. Uh-huh. It's just something that's always intrigued me. I've always, from being little, used to watch Arthur C. Clarke and yeah. Unsolved yeah. Mysteries and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I've always, it's just been like the main subject that I've always thought about. Okay, so where do you hail from originally? But originally, I'm from Manchester, um, born and bred. And then I moved south um, 14 years ago. Okay. So now I'm in Northamptonshire. Um, before, well, when I originally moved down here, I was in Buckinghamshire. And then it was about, it'll be three years this year that I moved to Northampton, which is pretty much the next county over, so not a million miles away. Yeah. Well, it's, it's good to hear that you've still got that good northern Mancunian accent. I know. Like, yeah, been, I don't, don't ever want to lose that. It hasn't been beaten out of you just yet. <laughs> Um, no, no, that's that's great. So before we get into your personal experiences, then, um, yeah, it tells a little bit about um, codes of the unknown and where the idea came from, how it's all developed over time. Because you've got quite a big presence, haven't you, on uh, Facebook and website, and and quite a lot of stuff like that going on. You do live streams, so I'm just really yeah. interested how it all started and how it's progressed. Well, from I, I was listening to like watching the live streams and listening to podcasts um going back about three years ago and like i said it's always interested me Mm -hmm. and it was during lockdown as we got to the point where everybody was bored and at the point we couldn't go out couldn't do anything when we you couldn't even meet up with friends or anything like that and it was it was actually halloween because we was hoping that we'd be able to go out with the kids and do trick-or-treating and what have you. Uh-huh. And obviously it just didn't happen. So we sat in watching TV and I thought, you know what? I'm going to set, do my own stuff. Uh-huh. Right? I do enjoy listening to other people's, but I just thought I'm going to do my own and then bring other people's stuff into this and find out everyone else's take and experiences on it. So I sat there in front of the telly 31st of October, I made, I did the, fa- it was a Facebook page originally, not a group, because I didn't, I'd not done it before, so I didn't know what was happening, so I did a group, uh, page, the website, 
YouTube channel, Instagram account, and I think that was it. And I thought, right, they're all there, sat ready. Mm-hmm. I just, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with any of them. And then I thought, right, one, we started coming out of lockdown. I thought, right, well, I'll start going out and do live investigating and run it straight onto the YouTube channel. Okay. Now, first, I started off using Facebook Live because I'd never done it before. Didn't know, basically, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. Then found out about StreamYard, which is the platform that I use for YouTube. But then in between, obviously, in between all that, I'm working as well. And then I've got the family life. So I'm having to juggle everything together. Yeah. And then it was just, it just, one day it just clicked. But right. I changed the Facebook page to a group, which is Code to the Unknown, Into the Unknown. Um, Obviously, before that, before that, it was called Code to the Paranormal. But it just didn't seem to sit right. There's something, there's something that I didn't like about, the word paranormal, um, it just didn't go with what I wanted to do. Because uh-huh. as, as you're probably aware, paranormal, a lot of people um, associate it with hauntings and ghosts and spirits and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. People don't yeah. realise that paranormal covers everything from UFOs to Bigfoot and everything else in between. Yeah. So I thought I ended up changing it from paranormal to unknown because I thought unknown covers everything. From one side of the spectrum to the other. Oh. So I did that. I thought I can't just do the YouTube channel straight away. I need to build up a following. So I was inviting originally it was like friends and family that was inviting to the group. Yeah. Then other yeah. people were asking to join. And then it just started to grow and grow. So then I knew the next step was to do the YouTube channel. And at this point, once the Facebook group was growing. But right, I, it was coming out of lockdown, so I'll go out and start doing investigating. So start going out doing live investigations, and I was getting more and more people joining, and people was enjoying and liking what I was doing. So I put more time, money, and effort into it, built it up more, and then because um, I'm always thinking of different ways of doing stuff. And then as winter was coming in, it's like right, I need to change it because. I've not got the greatest of health and my back's knackered basically. I've got arthritis. So being out in the cold isn't the greatest thing that I could do. No, of course. So far during the winter months, I need to do something else. I don't want to leave it and not do anything with it. Hmm. So that's when, as in yourself, um inviting guests on. Yeah. To come on and chat and just talk about what they do and what they've done and any experiences that they've had or any encounters. So that was that, and this uh, this has all happened within twelve months, right? But while all that's going on, and inviting people to come on the show, in the meantime, I'm building the website in the background, which took mm. about a month, two months. Yeah, and then it's basically pretty much it felt like overnight everything was up and running. I didn't need to do anything; it just seemed to start working. Everything fitted together. Oh, it's flash, yeah, yeah. And it was so relieved that <laughs> it did what i wanted it to do yeah there's obviously there's a few hiccups along the way i won't go into that but um nothing major hmm. I man- obviously i managed to sort it all out but um it just seemed to work yeah and it's like yeah. oh my first probably the first thing i've ever done that actually i've wanted to do 
yeah. has done what I needed it to. Well, you've certainly... Then, sorry, yeah, go on. I was going to say, you've certainly got um, a very big online presence. I mean, that's 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 the, the impressive thing. And, and you know, yeah. certainly I remember joining the Facebook group when it was probably um, relatively in its infancy. But, yeah. you know, every time I go on to have a look, you've got literally dozens of, of new members virtually every day. So it's yeah. growing at a phenomenal rate. Um, you mentioned investigations, some live investigations that, that you've done. It, yeah. Is there any that stand out? Any that, that oh. have had really <laughs> interesting experiences that while you've been doing yeah. them? These, um, I'd say done quite a few. It's mainly cemeteries and graveyards because without being, oh, I'm not sure of the right word, but I can't think, can't think of the word. Oh, without being uh, horrible to other people that go out investigating, hmm. graveyards are an easy target. Yeah. And it's, you pretty much, well, and you're not guaranteed to get something, but the chances of something happening are more likely in a cemetery or a graveyard. Hmm. And I found that out through experience. Because um, I used to go like looking through graveyards and that and it, at night before with friends and that. But we'd never do any filming. I'm going back to like the teens and twenties. Yeah. And um there is there's a graveyard near me. Well, there's the graveyard and there's an old church ruins. Now the church ruins, that's supposed to be one of the most haunted um places in Northampton. Okay. And that's literally about a five minute drive from me. And then there's a cemetery. And the only reason the only reason I knew about it is because my missus used to work on the opposite the other side of where the cemetery is so i used to pass it every day picking her up from work so i thought you know what i'm gonna go in there one night and just see do some filming see if we pick anything up it was probably one of the second best decision i've made (laughs) Uh, (laughs) well that's what the first one is (laughs) yeah oh yeah well the codes is unknown just getting that up and going if we're sticking in the paranormal realm, it yeah. was, yeah, just getting everything up and running. But um, going back to what you just asked me about anything that sticks out. So we're at this, was at this cemetery. There's me and there's another guy that used to do it with me called Mark. And we'd split up. So we'd gone down one. It's a big cemetery, but it didn't, we'd not been in before. We'd just gone in blind at night. So we, you could only see certain bits of it. So we stayed in like the main area where the war graves are and there's a chapel and um, a couple of hills where the gravestones are. He'd gone down one side, I'd gone down another. I'm walking back up and there's a guy sat on a bench. So I'm shining me talk to him. This is during the live stream. Okay. And I, so I'm like, oh, there's Mark, I'm going to go over to him. And I'm like, I'm getting closer. And it's like, oh, it's not Mark. Long story short, it wasn't Mark, who's dressed exactly the same as him. I'm talking to him like you'd be talking to anyone else you'd meet on the street or just generally chatting face-to-face. I told him what I was doing, apologised for blinding him, and he said, oh, um, you, you mate, he's just walked down there, he's just walked past me. Anyway, about a minute later, I found Mark, walked down to where he was, and Mark was like, no, there's no one sat on the bench. Now, he was recording at the time, Right. So we stopped recording, rewound it back, 
watching video footage. As he's walked past the bench, he's actually filmed it. There was nobody sat on the bench. Ah. Interesting. So we went back to the bench and the guy wasn't there. Now, the guy had really very, very pale skin. Hmm. He had a very strong Dutch accent. He, he looked like he was in his early to mid-twenties. Um, but for where he was to where we was, if he was to leave the cemetery, he would have had to pass us. Hmm. There's only one other route that he could have taken, but we would have seen him going that way from where we stood because we was at the top of the hill. Now, I had my GoPro on at the time, as well as me phone for filming. Right. And my GoPro didn't pick any video footage up, but it picked up the audio. Now, when you listen to the audio back from that, everyone has said that he sounded like he was like a 70, 80-year-old bloke. He had a really old, deep voice. Right. But when I was talking to him, he had a... Like, young lad's voice and right. um, like i said even with the accent you could still you had good english and mm. um, but then looking back at the footage afterwards you, you're looking you so he sat at the bench i'm looking long ways at the bench where i could see him sat from his left hand side like at a bit of an angle he's looking up at me he's got his mobile phone in his right hand so we, but I'm looking to him from his left. So his phone's on the opposite side of his body. He's looking at me, like looking, like looking down. But look, his head's pointing down, but his eyes are looking up. That makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And if you view the footage, his face is glowing bright red, like fire red. Right. Now I didn't see that when I was talking. I was stood about two, three foot away from him, and I didn't see any of that. Nothing at all. It's not until you watch the footage back that his face is absolutely glowing and his hand, but that's it. It's not a reflection of light because there's a beech tree um, about a foot away from the bench. After it's reflecting light, to me, everything else that was mm. white or a light colour would be re reflecting to the same colour. And it wasn't, it was just his face and his hand. So what, um, what, period clothing would you say he was wearing if you can remember is it was it uh, sort of old older clothing or was no it, it was quite it was modern but i wouldn't say it was today modern he had a baseball cap on mm. even though he had a hoodie on and a pair of tracksuit bottoms it was more like the tracksuit bottoms you'd wear in the 90s or early 2000s right and you, and you said he had a Dutch accent. Dutch, strong Dutch accent. I'm, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask a question now. Yeah. Were there any Were there any graves around there that would suggest that somebody from Holland was buried there? Well, where he was sat, it's like a big semicircle of grass, and then these hedges where we cut through the middle. Ah. So there's a bench at either side. At an angle, and then you've got the war graves. Now, the war graves, I think, are from the Second World War. Now, I've gone back during the day to read the names on it, and there were a couple of names on there that looked Dutch. I couldn't say 100% that there was, because there's a lot of, like, German and 
Swiss Danish names that are very like sound all look the same. So I couldn't it definitely wasn't English, but there's like Scandinavian names like around like North Northern Europe. So it is possible that one of them names could have been his. Okay. Uh, That's interesting. But, yeah, but these are from like I said, these are from the Second World War. Yeah. I was going to say, because, yeah, because obviously he meant, that's that's the reason I was asking about his clothing. But if his clothing was more modern, yeah, um, w that wouldn't necessarily explain um, no. an apparition from somebody who was buried there because they wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily be well they wouldn't be wearing modern clothing, would they? Unless no, well, that's what I thought. Unless it was well, a relative, it... unless it was a relative who subsequently passed away, and for some reason Possibly. was. Was was drawn to that cemetery, yeah. but like I said, I, I, the other strange bit um, was I said he had his phone in his right hand, which was the opposite side from where I was stood. Now I was trying to see what he was doing on his phone because I thought it's just a bit strange that he's in the cemetery, sat on a bench, on his own. It was quarter past nine, and I think it was a Friday evening. But he thought, so you know. On the, smartphones that you have now mm. you can see even at night even when you have like the blue light filter and all that kind of stuff on it you can still see all the colors in the phone now this one it had a green it was just emitting a green light i couldn't see anything because i was trying to see if he was texting anyone if he's playing it i'd like pokemon go or something like that yeah but i was trying to see if he'd been texting anybody like if there's anyone else about um it, I said it just seemed weird that he sat there on his own, but he's just emitting like a like a dull green light. The first thing that comes to mind there is I remember um, the first mobile phone or the first mobile phones, yeah, all the same make, um, and I won't mention the name, but yeah, there was the one with Snake, Scandinavian <laughs> name, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and they, I had my first phones in the mid nineties, yeah. and the screens were green. Yes, so that's first, what I. Yeah, first thing that came to mind when you said that. Yeah, well, I didn't think that at the time. Like I said, I was doing a live stream, and it was Deborah that was on it with me, hmm. and the lad that used to do it as well called Ryan. It was actually the last stream that he did, and um, they was laughing because he'd shone this torch in some stranger's face, hmm. and. Um, it wasn't someone put in the chat did you not feel scared i'm like you know what it, i didn't it, see at the top this is the weirdest thing about all of it as i'm sat stood there chatting to him it seemed normal he could have been anybody he could have had a weapon on him anything like that there could have been other people about but i just seemed at ease as i was chatting to him and it wasn't until i walked away and it was about 30 seconds later I'm like, oh my god, what has just happened? Reality then kicked in, uh, and then when Met Mark and we turned around and walked back, which was less than a minute, he'd gone, and he wasn't on the footage as Mike walked past that bench. Uh, yeah, that's that's the weird thing, isn't it? That, that you didn't yeah. pick him up on on the camera, which would suggest that there was something paranormal going on. Yeah, well, he'd said that Mark just walked past him 
He goes, another guy with a torch and camera and all that. I'm like, yeah. He goes, yeah, he's just walked past me. So, yeah, that's... Um, the footage, there's no, nobody there. Uh, that's that's certainly a really interesting story, isn't it, that one? Yeah, that's... Yeah, uh, a very strange occurrence. Um, one more. Have you got another one that, that stands out? Um, from doing a live stream? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the, well, I was only talking about this the other night. Um, same same cemetery, but it was me and Richard um, who comes out investigating with us now. No, he, he lives in Bedford, which is it's only 30 minutes away from where I am. So he come over and there's only me and him. So we've gone out. We just did this one cemetery, but we've gone to different areas. Like I said, I'd gone back previously during the day to see where all the different areas are and what was there. So I got a bit of still a bit of an idea of where we was walking and what was around us. And we was coming to the end of the stream. And as we're walking back, now remember me saying about the war graves. It's like a big semicircle, mm. and you've got the bushes splitting it. That's as you're looking at it from where we parked the car. That was on the right hand side. To the left is like a row of headstones. So we're coming back round um, from doing an EVP reading. Uh, can't remember if we picked anything up. Walking back to where his car was, and then oh, it was. As I, I just, you know, when you just have a feeling that you need to look somewhere, mm. it was one of them. So I looked to the left hand side of these bushes, and there was something, even now, I couldn't even tell you where it was, and we've got it on video. There was something cloaking itself, but using one of the headstones as a cloak. So, or not, yeah, it's either using headstones or a bush as a, like cloaking device trying to like, hide itself okay because if you watch the video you can see it moving in between the graves and i got really scared then that was it was like right i've got to go richard i've really got to go and he was driving and it was like something out of it was sort of a film he couldn't get his keys he's trying to press a button to unlock the car yeah. and it just wasn't working so there's a few steps leading down to the car. And as I'm on these steps, just after I'd seen this thing, it was like I was put inside a bubble. Mm. I could see what was going on. Everything started rolling in slow motion. Richard wasn't in it. And I'm shouting, like, what's going on? What's going on? But I couldn't even hear myself. It's only because I knew what I was saying. But I couldn't hear it. It's like... and. Um, I said I was talking about the other day because someone asked me, do I think it was a protection bubble or something trying to drag me away? Like, mm. away from everything. But I think it was a protection bubble because, like I said, I couldn't hear anything and the protection bubble was moving towards the car because that's the direction I was going. It was moving away from this apparition that we're seeing where the bushes and the graves are. And it lasted, only lasted a few seconds. But it was like, oh, sound stopped, everything. It just felt like everything had stopped. Yeah. And they had no control of what was going on. And, yeah, it's just well weird. Yeah, people often say that um, suddenly all, all the sound around them stops. 
So if there's been birds singing or the sound of traffic in the background or something like that, or, you know, the wind or in in the trees or whatever. Yeah. um, People often say that when they experience something strange like that, everything goes very quiet. So yeah, that, it, that would that would that that would suggest that that's what happened in in your case. Yeah, it was like someone had put a pair of ear defenders on me. That's right. how quiet it went. And do you think it was, um, well, let's say a ghost for for want of a better word, or do you think it was something more physical? Do you think do you think it was like some sort of cryptid that we seen or that yeah. put me in the bubble? Well, but, but either or. Now. Whatever we I seen, I don't think it was a ghost, um, a spirit, or what we're led to believe are ghosts and spirits. Mm. Um, it's just the way it was moving and the way it cloaked itself. Now, um, my my definition of a ghost is probably a lot different to how other people see it. I'll just quickly explain. To me, I understand a ghost is a ghost. It's usually like passing of a relative or a friend or something like that. I get that. I understand that is like the spirit. If you see, usually see like your grandparents at the end of the bed or, you know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah. But I believe that a go- what we see as ghosts are more entities and they're not necessarily the spirit of a past relative or a past friend, even though that's what ghosts are. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So what I seen that was cloaking itself, I don't think it was a ghost as such. I believe it was some type of entity that we'd seen either that was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And we was don't know if you want to look at lucky to get a glimpse of what was going on. But then whatever put me in that bubble, I couldn't tell you. I've not got a clue. Okay. So are you planning on going back to the same uh, location when the weather gets a bit <laughs> or... Believe it or not, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. probably going to be one of our first ones. Um, we have been back a couple of times since. I think we've been back once since then. But we went to a different part of the cemetery. Um, nothing, didn't really get anything that time. But you can, you can always feel like you're being watched. There's always some, but it doesn't always feel bad. Mm. I never, never get a bad feeling. All I ever get is, right, I need to leave now. And to me, that's something's warning me, saying, not time to go. You've done what you needed to do. Just let us do what we need to do now. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, and then it's like, it doesn't matter. I just, if I've got to go, I've got to go. And that's it. Well, all I can say is good luck with your with your future uh, future endeavours, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it yeah. sounds sounds like an interesting place. And are there, are there any other locations that you fancy um, investigating? And any others on the list? Oh yeah, we've got quite a few. Um, there are a few round near where I live because um, you've got the top end of Northamptonshire going out towards Leicester. Um, you've got. I think it's called Grafton Underwood. It's an old airbase, and there's a lot of old buildings. Some of them are underground. You can actually get into them. They're not um, closed off with security or anything like that. But a lot of people have gone on, and they've put in like, gone Facebook and all that kind of stuff, that they've been there, and they've 
they've heard people moving about and there's only been like two or three people there or like a lot of like a group of people talking and footsteps and all that going on so that's going to be a good place to go there are a couple of people that i know that have stuff going on in their homes um so they're definitely going to be on the list we're just going to go set up and see if we can pick anything up um and what sort of equipment do you use for uh, for these investigations? I, basically, I use my mobile phone for filming because, mm. like I said, because we're doing a live stream, I need something that will connect straight to the internet. So I use that. It's got it's got a good camera on it. Um, a couple of rechargeable torches, a couple of analog radios. Um, I've got the square, do you know the square LED lights that fit on the rigging frames yeah but about three or four of them i always get rechargeable ones because the amount of batteries that you go through mm. it costs more than it would for the equipment <laughs> <laughs> i've got a green laser pointer now the reason i use it, it it's just green was just it was just seemed a better color than the red and the purple so if we're out say we're out in the woods and i see something moving mm. i've like, oh, just seen something there near that tree and there's like 100 trees in front of you. Mm. You can pinpoint exactly where you've seen or where you think you've seen something move. So that's all I use the laser pointer for is to pinpoint anything that's going on. Yeah. Um, I've got a monocular and a, pe- a mini pair of binoculars. A couple of battery packs that I can rig up to my phone so it's constantly charging. Mm. Um, do you use use EVP meters or anything electrical like that yeah okay yeah I try and even though I've got all that I don't I try and keep it to a minimum Mm. I'll try and use a lot of analog stuff as well rather than the digital ones because apparently you can get a lot you can pick up a lot more on the analog because they're giving out a It's lesser frequency. Like it's right. not as like the energy is not as much as what it was if you'd be using a digital one. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. like imagine like the difference between three G and five G. Mm, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's why we use analog radios. But we have had a few times where there's another guy I actually work with him, but he's part of the team. A guy called Nathan. We was at another cemetery. Both. Of so I took my radios. Had one each. I had one Nathan had one. There's a few of us there. Big cemetery. On the same channel, I was getting it was coming from my radio. So it was it was you're like when you use a spirit box hmm. and you just get the voice coming through. It kept saying, get out, get out. It's only coming through on mine. Nathan stood at the side of me because I thought he was pranking me at first. Hmm. He stood at the side of me, and then it did it twice as we're virtually touching shoulders. And it wasn't coming through on his radio, even though they, when I bought them, they come in the same box and they're on the same channel. And we even used them. He went to one end, I went to the other, and we was chatting on them. Clear as day, not a problem. But it was only coming through on mine saying, get out. All right. That's very strange. Yeah, because yeah, we thought oh, it might be security because the place that we went to, it was the gate, basically the gates were locked. And that's all I'm going to say. So we have to find our own way. In there. Right. Okay. 
Yeah. Ah, okay, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on then to uh, a house that you lived in. In can I can I say where it was the town? Yeah, yeah, of course you can. In, uh, in Milton Keynes. Yes. So what so, what went on with that then? Oh, it <laughs> I was it was like Skinwalker Ranch, but obviously a smaller version. Everything, anything you can think of, happened. I'll always remember the first thing that ever happened. So I lived there with my ex-partner and her kid. Now, I'll give you a description of the house because that'll make it easier for when I'm explaining stuff throughout. So it's like, so the house is in a cross. So you've got four rows, so it's like a big square. Mm-hmm. And you've got a green in the middle. So you've got walking access right opposite the house. So it's like residential outside parking. Then to the right of the house and then up to the left hand side. So there's three ways to get into it. So it's like, say, I think it's a row of four hours. Each row is between four and six houses. So you go in the front door, slightly to the right, you walk straight into the kitchen, slightly to the left, go straight upstairs. Immediate left, you go into the front room, which was half the size of the house. So it's like a living room diner. So the, as you go in the front door and turn right, it's like a cupboard, more like, you're like the old style pantries where you could yeah. walk in. It's like keep pipes and yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. you are you cleaning stuff and that in there. So you go upstairs, directly in front of you is a toilet, is a separate toilet and bathroom. Turn to the left and left again, there's a main bedroom. Top of the stairs, turn left, it's like a box bedroom. Turn right at the end, there's a bathroom. Turn right and right again was the second bedroom so this one night i was laying bed and i always slept with the bedroom door open now the box bedroom um as some that lived in that that slept in that room you had a big you know like the cabin beds yeah that are off the floor there's a big frame in that uh-huh. but because of that the door wouldn't shut so it was always kept open we used to use the door for hanging clothes on um you're just like I need that for work tomorrow and stuff like that. And it'd just be hung up on it. So anyway, there's one night I was laying in bed and could hear, hear a son like stirring in bed. I thought, oh, I was going to wake up. Anyway, we heard a voice. And I'm like, Ugh. and just, I just shut down straight away. And I'm just looking because it wasn't his voice. It was a woman's voice. All right. Now, my ex is on, there's her, her son. He was about six or seven at the time. And the two daughters that was in the other bedroom. And they was, I think, nine and 12. Or around them ages. So it was an older lady's voice that he could hear. So I'm sat and I was just fixed at the door. Couldn't move or anything. And there was a black cardigan hung up. And a coat hanger on the door. Now, where is, like, you could only see it from either the landing or stood in the box bedroom. Where this cardigan swung out so you could see the shoulder and part of the neck stopped in me there for about two seconds and slowly moved back someone physically moved it and put it mm. back and it wasn't a son and i got up and i shut the bedroom door because i don't like it that must have been quite quite astonishing really that was just, it's just 
it was a wow factor. It was like, because I weren't expecting it, because I'd heard this voice, and I thought, well, it could have been a son, like, talking in his sleep, but before I'd met her, a mum had passed away, and there's a, she'd done, stuff had gone, anyway, she'd done this interview that was on the local news, and she kept a copy of it on the computer. And the voice that I heard was the same voice that I heard when her mum had done this interview before she died. All right, okay. So straight away, I knew who it was. Even though I'd never met her, it was a distinctive voice. Mm. Can you remember what, what the voice said? It, um, don't worry, it's okay, or some something to that effect. Right, okay. Yeah, and then everything just settled. And I'm there, and I'm like... I. First few, I couldn't even get up and move, close the door. I was scared of getting up and closing it because it was the first thing that had happened. Um, I'd not been living there that long, probably a few months. And then from that day on, it just went ridiculous. Okay, so what other things happened then? So there's another time, I think I was in the house on my own. She'd gone out, she's at mates or something. And I'd, the eldest one had gone to her dad's and uh, the youngest two, they was, they was still there, but I, I think they'd gone playing out. Now, I thought a son had come in, he'd run upstairs to get some and ran back out. Oh, no, he ran, he heard someone go in and go upstairs. So I'm sat in the front room watching TV. And I said, you could see the doorway going into the hallway. And then if, if it had been sat a bit more to me right, I'd have seen the front door. So I heard someone running downstairs, I looked and I could see a white t-shirt and a pair of blue denim jeans go past. And I'm thinking, the kids don't wear jeans. They wear like tracksuit bottoms or jogging bottoms. The girls wear leggings and dresses and what have you. Anyway, he, d he didn't come back out of thought. He's gone in the kitchen. So when I go in, he's going to jump out and scare me. Went into the kitchen, nobody there. The door didn't open, and the only other access outside, um, there was no door in the kitchen. The back door was actually in the living room. So the, you'd have had to go past me to get to the door to go into the back garden. Yeah. But either that or go out the front door. They were the only two options of getting outside. They're the only two doors exiting and entering the house. And there's nobody there. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and... I think that was the second thing that had happened. I think I had to go out for a walk then. Mm. I just messaged and said, oh, I'm going for a walk, feeling a bit. All right, stop in, just need to go out and get some fresh air. I didn't say anything to her at the time, obviously, so I told her later on. And um, that was that. And then there'd be times we'd be sat watching TV and you'd see shadows just walk in front of you, just go from one side of the room to the other. Complete. You could tell it was a person. But it was like transparent shadow, not so much a shadow person, mm. but it was a dark, misty colour. Just somebody walking in front of you. Yeah. And you said you'd hear voices, you'd be people shout you to shouting your name in the middle of the night. Okay. Uh, there was one night, no, it was one afternoon actually. I think it was a weekend. I was still I was at the top of the stairs. Um Adjacent to where, well, I'd come out the bedroom and the box room was to my left and up 
it was directly behind me, sorry. And up to my left was the bathroom, uh, the toilet, and I'm facing the bathroom. So I've got a door to my right, door directly behind me, the stairs, two steps, and then right, going down. And I'm stood there. I've gone in the bedroom because the lad, want, there's something not working on his PlayStation, whatever it was he was playing on. So I've gone up to sort it out. And then I just seen a black figure about four and a half foot tall, maybe five foot, walking out the bed, out my bedroom towards the toilet. And all I could see it as was like an old woman in like black, black veil and a black dress. You're like something, say, from the 1800s, mm. like a funeral, what people would wear to a funeral. Yeah didn't stop i just moved really slow took about 10 seconds to walk i could have had my hands on my shoulders and stuck my finger out and i'd have been able to touch it right it was that close and i was i've never been that scared me and it just you could see like you couldn't see the feet but the way it was moving it was walking it wasn't gliding okay it didn't look like it was gliding right and it just, as it got to the bath, the toilet door, it just went into the toilet and then just vanished. So the house itself, um, yeah. w- was it an old house? Not really. Um, Milton Keynes isn't that old. It no, was no. really built in the 70s and 80s. So I'd say if that was one of the earlier houses, that was probably built around the 70s, mid, mid to late 70s. I don't know the exact date. So I'm just wondering where the connection then to um, possibly somebody dressed in in Victorian clothing. Well, that's what I was trying to work out. Um, The only thing I could come up with, I did look up, I had a look online and everything. I didn't really get anything because it all used to be farmland. Mm. The A5 runs at the back of it. Okay. So it's a new bit, which is like more the bypass, but the original A5 is probably about half a mile away. So that's obviously the old Roman road. Known, it's known as Watling Street. Right, okay. And that's not that far away. So whether it's something connected to that, because obviously it being an old Roman road, I don't know what was built, obviously built there hundreds of years ago. Could there have been fine buildings or, or something like that? Very probably. Yeah, well, almost definitely. So what, what other um, strange things happen then? I mean, it sounds like oh. there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, there's another time I, I was on holiday. Well, I was off work, middle of summer, I booked a few days off. So it's like stood in the back garden. Uh, it's a closed back garden. There's like a tree line at the back. You could hear the traffic on, outside on the A5. And you know when you just feel like there's something watching you? Mm. And I just look, so if I'm looking at a clock, the house is behind me, I'm looking at 11 o'clock and I could see a silver ball in the sky. It wasn't close. I'd say it was about uh, at least a couple of miles away. And it was just there and it wasn't moving. There's no lights coming out off it. It just looked like someone had placed a ball bearing in the sky and just left it there. And I'm looking at it. And Joe, when you start like getting that unnerved feeling, hmm. I started getting that and I thought, I'll leave it a few minutes. So I think I had a drink and a coffee in that outside. I looked back up again and it was still there. 
got right. It's definitely not a plane. It's not a satellite. It's not a helicopter. Nothing like that. So I went back in the house. Anyway, the next day, I think I got up around the same time. Went went in the garden, looked up again, and it was there. But this time, it felt different. It felt like it knew that I knew. I could see it. Hmm. And say exactly the same position. Didn't nothing moved or anything. It's like that was really that was proper like proper freaky because I felt like I was being observed. Okay. And it, it knew that I knew that. Hmm. And it's like I went straight back in the house, I locked the door. I don't think I went out in the back garden the rest of that week or for the next few weeks. Do you think it was under intelligent control? Hundred percent, without a doubt. There was definitely something, something about that. But what it was, I couldn't tell you. It's just, oh, it's just a weird feeling. That was one of those that I've not felt that before. Mm. Um, the email that you sent me before we we um, set off on on this chat, you mentioned um, a cryptid sighting, which. Um, I thought was really interesting um, at the house. Yes. Do you, want to, uh, do you want to tell us about that? Yes. So, obviously, the same house as in the back garden. I, I'd got telescopes and that. So, I think mm. it was out in the back garden stargazing. Because if you stood at the things with the house where I lived, it was taller at the back than it was at the front. So, I had a back from the back to the front, the roof was sloping down that way. Okay. So you probably get an extra 10 foot of wall at the back of the house. Mm. And then because you've got the tree line and the fence, if you stood at a certain position, you won't have any um, artificial light interference. Right. You know, from the street lights and that. Yeah, yeah. So I was stood there and I was just, because I'd always be looking up at the sky and that, you'd see the ISS going past and a few satellites and what have you. Yeah. Um, you see a few drones flying over because there's a couple of air bases was nearby as well. Okay. Anyway, it's one night. So I'm stood. Um, I was actually stood looking into the house because I was looking at what was on TV. But I'll go in a minute because I want to watch that. And I just looked up, looked to my right. So I'm looking at the house. I've just seen something. And I'll, I won't say where it is straight away. I'll tell you what happened. I watched it. From as I seen it until it went out of sight, and I honestly thought I was I was losing it. I was imagining it because I thought there can't be all this going on. I'm in the same house all the time, and I was on the internet till about that was about ten o'clock at night. I was on the internet till about four in the morning trying to find what it was that I'd seen, and I couldn't find anything. Now I thought what I'd seen was a dragon. I know it sounds mad or stupid or ridiculous or whatever mm. and this is what i'd never spoke about it until a few months ago okay because after it started causes the unknown someone had put a picture up and i'm like oh my god that's what i seen i clicked on it clicked on the link and it was a pterodactyl okay and it was this picture was just identical to what why I seen it was like dark and it, it was a clear night this night mm. I said it was stargazing and I seen 
I've never seen this thing flying over. Now, it didn't flap its wings, didn't make any sound, didn't fly off course. And I thought, oh, could it be a drone? Well, I thought if it was a drone, it'd have lights on it somewhere. Mm. And it, it was too big to be a drone. Um, like I said, it was a dark tan colour. So I didn't see its head as such. I could see the shape of its head. Mm. And I could see its wings. Now, the wings were like, you're like the bat has three sections to the wings. It has a bit from the body in the middle section, then another bit where its hands are, mm. and then the bit where it ends where the point is. Yeah. And this one, it only had two sections. So from the body to the centre, then it had like the little, like the hands on the bottom of the wing, then it went to the point. And what, what made me think it was a dragon was elongated out and then the tail you're like the little bit at the end of a lion's tail has that little like pom-pom type thing mm. i don't know the ball of fur but it goes out to a point like a diamond shape yeah it was that that, that um clarified it for me mm. it, I thought, like I said, I thought, it's got to be a dragon. And it's like, it didn't, wasn't swaying or rotating. It just flew in a straight line, didn't flap its wings. No noise came from it whatsoever. And I watched it till it flew out of sight. Now, I guesstimated it. It was roughly, I'd say its wingspan was at least 16 foot. Okay. From the tip of its head to its tail must have been about between 16 and 22 foot in length and and how how was the the natural light when you saw this i mean was it was it going dark was it dark so it was dark it was dark but yeah. like i said because it was a clear sky right okay you see all the stars and that and that's how i just caught just caught it at the corner of my eye yeah. and then i just watched it fly over and i just couldn't believe what i was looking at and it's just, I honestly thought it was a dragon. I said I was on the internet till four in the morning, couldn't find it. Next few days, looking and looking. I thought, God, I give up. I don't know what it was I seen. And I can't find it. And then someone put this picture on those of the unknown group. I'm like, oh my God, that is what I saw. So and I saved the picture of it. And it's like, it, I look at it now, it's like, I can't believe I've seen one of them. So how, how, how did how did it make you feel when when you realised what it was? Because that's quite um, an I was quite incredible thing to see, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah has got to be the most magnificent thing I've ever seen. Because one, they're not supposed to exist anymore. Mm. Two, never in a million years would I thought I'd seen one flying over Milton Keynes, let alone this part of the world. <laughs> I'm not being... Milton well, no. Keynes isn't that appealing. I'm... <laughs> yeah, it's not the sort <laughs> of thing you expect to see over Milton Keynes. No, over no anywhere, definitely not. Milton Keynes especially. And it was roughly, direction was going south to north. So was it going it's... into a built-up area, or was it coming from no, a built-up area? No, it was coming... So it was running parallel with the A5. Like I said the A5 was running at the back of the house. It was pretty much running parallel from that. Right. So it was coming from like Bedford. Bedford's like south, south, east, hmm. Milton Keynes, I think. 
So it's coming from like London direction, heading north. And it is going up towards Northampton, where there's a lot of mm. like forestry and fields and grasslands and just a lot of nothing, basically. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't an aircraft, it wasn't a glider, no. it wasn't a, a remote control aircraft. No, there was no noise coming from it. Okay. Because I could hear the cars, there's only a few cars at this time going up and down the A5. Yeah. Because obviously the house, you've got the house and you've got the low street at the back of the house. Mm. Then you've got some grass that goes up and there's a load of trees and the trees go down the bank into the A5, which was probably about another 60, 70 foot down to where bypasses so you do get sound coming up from that but not that much but i was as i'm watching it i'm focusing on listening for it and there's nothing no not even a humming noise nothing but i just i can't i can't get mid around because it didn't flap its wings and it didn't go off course like you see birds and they're always flapping and they're going round and twisting and all that sort of stuff like a swift or even a sparrow or anything does yeah yeah, well, the, the it's just straight line, like it was on a wire. Yeah, like it was gliding, which which is which is what I think most paleontologists um, believe is is the way that they used to they used to fly. Um, yeah, yeah. there were more gliders, um, even though they you know they didn't think that, that they were able to flap the wings. There were more sort of gliders rather than um, yeah. sort of powered wing flight like like modern day birds. That's actually a real. That's quite an astonishing story. Uh, yeah, that is. Can you remember? Um, you said somebody posted um, a picture onto um, your Facebook page, the because yeah. the unknown Facebook page. Can you remember where they were based? Was it anywhere close by, or was it was it just comp- no? Of, it was just something that someone had posted. All right, okay. It wasn't anything. So like, they had had the sites themselves then. No, it was okay. just a post about um, like the Thunderbirds and like these big birds that people uh, that we are told don't exist and these photographs of them when they've been shot down all the the videos of them. I know a lot of them are CGI or fake, whatever. Hmm. But this, this this picture that I, that I see it wasn't an actual photograph of one. It was a computer image. Okay. Sorry, I didn't explain that before. No, no, that's fine. But, that's fine. But this is this is what makes it more strange. Someone's drawn a computer image of something I've seen, yet whoever did that computer image doesn't know me or didn't even know I'd seen that. Mm. So somebody else must have seen the same thing for them yeah. to draw what I've seen. Yeah, it's it's a it's a strange coincidence, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's too. It's like you. I'm thinking of something, and like, like Craig, can you draw it mm. without me telling you what it is, and getting it detailed to the point that it was identical. The color, the sh- it was more the shape of its wings, the color, and its tail. They were the three defining points of it. And did it have a, a long, thin beak? And I no, well, that's, I didn't really see. Only seeing the under. Okay. So I can see the longish neck and then the head that yeah. come round yeah. to like a diamond, like an elongated diamond. Mm. And then the wider body, the wings, the wings were spread out, I presume fully. And I could see the back legs and then the tail. And it was the ball, the fur ball at the end. And it's not exactly the same as a lion's. 
that's a dragon. I just thought, I've just seen a dragon. And that's all I could think. I couldn't, I didn't, obviously, I didn't sleep. It was just so fascinating. I couldn't believe I'd seen it. I thought I was hallucinating. I just, I don't know. I was thinking everything, mm. nothing at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that it'd be quite a, quite a shock to the system if you saw something like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I take it that you've since moved away from the house? Yeah. Yeah. Were yeah. you quite glad to see the back of it for, for these <laughs> strange reasons, or, or, or would you like to have done sort of more research into... I was glad to see the back of it because of who was with at the time. Yeah, I was trying not That's to... Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's right. But I mean... <laughs> but, We've all been there. For me doing, yeah, for me doing what I now do, I would love to be back there. Mm. Um, because there are, there's enough, there's one more thing that I do want to tell you about okay. um, before we finish. Sure, go ahead. Yeah. Um, but like I said, as soon as I seen this picture that someone had put on, everything came flooding back to me. The excitement, the adrenaline, the buzz of seeing something like that. It's like I'd seen it again. But I think it was more someone has actually got a picture, has drawn up, like you said to you, has drawn a picture of what I've seen and I've never told anyone this story before. Mm. That was the pinnacle of it all. It's just knowing that there's somebody else out there yeah. that yeah. has an image of what I've seen that night. And what you saw. Yeah. Well, it certainly must have must have made you feel a bit better. Um, yeah, I was. I just made me so excited. Yeah, I was like a kid at Christmas. As soon as I seen that picture, I was like, "Oh my god, that is it!" And you've never seen anything like it since. Nope, not before. Not even close. Nothing that out of the ordinary. And and do you know whether there's been any? other possible sightings in the area or i'd ask people that i knew were i suppose interested in this sort of topic have they mm. seen anything and like, no nothing nothing happens around there i'm like well <laughs> if only you knew yeah yeah uh, but it's like no nothing nobody's seen anything so it makes you wonder whether it was um of our time or whether you yeah. were seeing um something from obviously from you know millions of years ago was yeah. it some sort of portal that you were looking through was it was it some sort of echo um, time slip time slip yeah well this is this was why i watched so as soon as i seen it i pretty much seen it as soon as it got into my line of sight so obviously i'm checking this out and i watched it until it had flown like out like from like past all the trees and the houses so I couldn't see it anymore. So it didn't, not like it vanished or went through a portal or anything like that. It's like you watch your car go past the road. You watch from one end to the other until you can't see it anymore. Yeah. It was the same as that. Oh, that's fascinating. That's that's probably one of the, one of the strangest stories I think I've heard. Um, yeah. In all the time I've been either doing research or, you know, speaking to guests for the podcast. Yeah. Um, and I wonder whether you know it might be worth contacting somebody like um Paul Sinclair to see whether yeah. he, 
he's had any uh, reports of anything similar because he gets a lot of reports of cryptids. Uh, I know when I've spoken to him, he's um, he's told stories about lots of different types of uh, cryptid sightings, you know, from yeah. Dogman and Wolfman and, and all sorts yeah. of stuff. Um, but the flying phenomena is something that you don't tend to hear about that much. So that's that's no. quite yeah. That's Thing is, unique sighting. Paul, yeah, Paul's been on, and I have spoke, spoke to Paul a few times. Yeah, but I've never thought of telling him mm. this. Well, I'm sure he'd be interested because um, you know I think it'd be it'd be really interesting to see whether anybody else has had a similar sighting. Yeah, um, you know anywhere in the country really, or yeah. or anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, but well, like I said, though, I didn't tell anyone because no. I just thought it was like one of the weirdest things, and it's not the sort of thing you go around telling everyone. No, and it was like I said, it wasn't until last year when I seen that photograph mm. that I actually started telling anyone about it. Yeah, and it is, it is quite, um, it's, it's not your, your sort of run of the mill no. paranormal UFO, um, big cat sighting is it it's something that's yeah. really quite quite out of the ordinary um yeah. i'm really i'm I'm really pleased you told us about that um, andy because that's that's a really yeah. interesting story um just before we come to to the end of the podcast and, yeah. and it's been fabulous talking to you i've i've, I've really enjoyed thank you it. yeah me yeah. too yeah i really enjoyed um listening to your stories um where can people find you then because like 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 you said right at the beginning you've got quite a lot of outlets haven't you so um <laughs> Where's, yeah. where's the best place for people to find you and get in contact with you? You never know. There may be people out there that have had similar experiences who, who want to get in contact with you. Yeah, so we've obviously got the Facebook groups. Um, both We've got the acronym COTU. And then, so the first group is COTU into the unknown. And the second one is COTU um, cryptids and ALF, alien life farm. Okay. So there's M2. We've got Codes of the Unknown website, www.codesoftheunknown.co.uk. Am I right to give me your email address out? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, if you have yeah. to, happy to people to... Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, so that's andy at codesoftheunknown.co.uk. And then, and then you've got your YouTube channel as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, YouTube channel, Codes of the Unknown, R-C-O-T-U. Um, we do live stream usually every Friday. Uh -huh. But if you just go to the website, all the information's on there, um, including the interview that we did with you. So, <laughs> Well, I was going to say, you've had some very distinguished guests on uh, on your live stream. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, not, not least myself, which I, I had a, a, a really enjoyable couple of hours when I was on there, actually. Yeah. Uh, it is really good. Really enjoyed it. Some really great, uh, great questions, and some that uh, that left me a little bit stumped. I must admit. But you've had you've had other guests on as well. I mean, you mentioned you've had Paul on. Who else have you had on there? Um, we've had Lonstrickler, um, Philip Kinsella. Now he's coming back on soon with um, Ronald. Right. So they're both going to be on. Um, did you say Lonstrickler? Um, oh yourself sorry i'm just trying to think without i mean looking at, at your your channel i've uh, you know uh, oh yeah I've yeah so we've had, had um, tim, tim brennan's been on 
Okay, yeah. Earl Grey, Kaz Clark, um, one of the main witnesses to the Pentridge UFO incident in 2016 in Wales. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, and so it's a few um, of them, and we've got a few more lined up. So it's so it's okay. So it's it's keeping you busy. Very, <laughs> very, very busy. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, I shall look forward to uh, to catching up with you on the um, on the live streams um, at some point. Um, I'm certainly really really interested in uh, in listening to some of the guests that, that you mentioned um, coming up. Yeah. And um, I just really want to wish you all the best in uh, in the growing empire that is um, Cause of the Unknown. Thank you. And, really uh, do appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fabulous. Thank you very much for uh, for chatting. Anytime. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. It's been Take great. Care. You too, mate. Thank you. You can visit my website at www.craigbryant.co.uk. Paranormal Pendle will return, and remember to keep watching the shadows. <laughs>